I'm so happy. I'm, one, I'm so happy to be back. We're, you know, we're back doing a matchup. It feels good. It feels like we're going to, you know, get our momentum back. It's going to be great. New theme. Love starting on a new theme. But I'm sure the Tough Cut boys know the biggest news dropped over D23. Our boy. The Queen's dead, baby. Oh, wait, 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 wait. The Queen might be dead, but the King lives in James Marston. He's coming back in his role for Enchanted 2, Disenchanted. I saw Disenchanted, yeah. James Marston looks better than ever, hot as hell, fresh off his yeah. Oscar-winning performance in Sonic. Honestly, oh, yeah. fucking unreasonable that he look like, the whole cast are, like, no, they look good. older, and James Marston is just, like, exactly the same. The same. He's, yeah. he's ageless, yeah. It's, yeah. which is impressive. I yeah. just figured you got, like, James Marston. I don't even care that he's not in any of our movies that we pitch for long <laughs> movies. <laughs> Make Sonic five hours, <laughs> Sonic three five hours. I just got to give the shout out to James Marsden, and it, honestly, it looks fun. Yeah, it does look pretty fun. Honestly, James Marsden and Elijah Wood could be brothers. Elijah Wood? Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord of the Rings. Uh huh. Both of them don't age. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot my job. Um, <laughs> I know Matthew back. was just kind of typing away, and I was like, "Well, you know, guess let's guess talk Jake about and I are going to vamp for a guess, little while. Guess we'll riff. Guess we'll riff. <laughs> Hello and welcome back. We're the Tough Cut Podcast." Um, and I'm Matthew. I thought you were going to do more of an intro. I'm Alex. I was taking a drink of water. <laughs> and I'm Jakers. And this is part one of our long movies bracket. Yeah. So all these movies are really long. Hey, don't steal my job. It's my job to explain what the bracket is. Uh, this <gasps> is the long bracket. These movies are long. Nice, yeah. nice. Coming at you in today's episode, we've got... Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, Extended Edition versus The Batman. And then in the second half, we've got RRR versus The Wailing. So it should be a lot of fun today. What's the what's the over under? You know, what are the odds that people watch these movies that are like, like, what, what's going to be the retention on this theme? Do you think do you think people are going to be super gung ho or do you think I think people will will come for the conversation? They will not watch along with us. They might like be like, oh, yeah. I love the Lord of the Rings movies. I'm going to rewatch those. Yeah. There's a much higher buy-in to... So we really <laughs> yeah, we really got to think... bring the content here. This has to be our funniest content because we know that they're not watching these movies. <laughs> they're, you know? they're not watching with us unless I think we can plead with them to watch along with us, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there are people who, like Matt said, will watch the Lord of the Rings with us because they've, like, seen them before they love them. And Rings of Power movies... came out... Yeah, and it's, it's pretty good. It's I, I like it. Maybe maybe we can get them to watch that way. Either way, we're going to spoiler warning. We're going to be spoiling spoilers, these movies. Spoiler warning. Um, spoiler warning. And just if you do decide to watch these movies, just a little content warning. Like some of these get like there's a lot of racial stuff that happens. Um, if you're particularly sensitive to like, you know, racial injustice and stuff that, you know, it happens in RRR. It happens in The Wailing. Keep an eye out for that. Um, there's some animal cruelty in The Wailing. Uh, I mean, I guess technically RRR, but it's kind of badass. Not in, not the cruel, like Di- not the dif- cruelty. Different. Set, it's very yeah. different. It's totally yeah. very it's different. Totally. They also do a disclaimer different. at the front that's like, I guess they do it in both actually. At the front, it's insane. Yeah, the RRR mm-hmm. has a long paragraph at the beginning of that movie. Yeah, yeah. There's, we'll we'll talk about it when we get to it. But yes, it is very yeah. different. Yeah, very different vibe. Yeah. With that though, we're we're. we're we're starting off um, on the other side of the bracket. Alex, would you like to go ahead and introduce Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, the extended edition? 
Yeah, absolutely. Frodo and Sam and the gang are back and better than ever, except they're worse because they're all split up and everyone is unhappy. Frodo and Sam get joined by a gangly little guy named Gollum slash Smeagol, and they're going towards Mordor. Merry and Pippin are stolen by orcs, so Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli are chasing after them. Merry and Pippin escape. They're hanging out with some trees, and they go fight Saruman. Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas go and save Rohan, but then they go to Helm's Deep to defend against uh, Saruman's orc attack, and they get saved by some elves, and then the riders come in, and they kick orc ass. Uh, This actually might be my favorite Lord of the Rings movie. Okay. Um, Which is so weird to think about, right? Because, like, normally middle movies in trilogies are, like, kind of not the best. They're usually just setting up the finale. But I feel like this one has such a good climax in Helm's Deep. It's so satisfying, all the stories and arcs that everyone is on on their own. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the extended edition is really important for this movie in particular because I feel like you get so much good backstory about the new places you're in, about the new characters you're meeting. Like, Faramir is a million times better in the extended edition than he is in the regular edition. Like, mm-hmm. it's sure. it, yeah. it is crazy how much better the like narrative is in the extended edition version of this movie compared to the regular one. But what do you guys think about this movie? Yeah. So growing up, oh, the congrats. two towers <laughs> are going to physically bite you. <laughs> um, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> growing up, the two towers was probably my favorite of the Lord of the Rings movies as a kid. I won't spoil what, what, what is my favorite as an adult. It may still is be. Is it the third Hobbit movie? Yes, oh my god, when you get those armies in there. <laughs> How many are there? Um, there's a whole lot of them. Isn't it like five? Yes. Yeah, it's about okay, cool, five cool, armies. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Oh, yeah, the wolves. <laughs> the wolves are my favorite army. Yeah, it's true. And it's really, really incredible getting the opportunity to kind of sit down and like fully rewatch the um Lord of the Rings trilogy for this bracket. Yeah. And how this series in particular deals with its second movie. It is a a transitory movie in some senses, linking Fellowship and Return of the King. But yet, as Alex kind of alluded to or talked about, it still manages to have so many complete arcs all within that sort of transitory period, which is really, really cool. Um, I I think this is a a fantastic movie, a very long movie with the extended edition. Yeah, it's a long one. Nonetheless, long one. Yeah. So it it fits the criteria. Um, Yeah, it does. Fits the criteria. (laughs) Look, we just got to say it. Up, up front they won't know this audience because this releases you know ahead of time but we record these out of time isn't it kind of funny we're recording the twin uh the sorry the two towers episode on 9 11 <laughs> oh god <laughs> jake no i'm sorry I, it no, had to be said jake. look it had to be said it had to be <laughs> said i cannot like you guys kept saying two towers two towers and i'm like why is that like really hitting me extra hard today you keep saying that and i literally just almost said yeah we're, we watched lord of the rings the twin towers extended edition today <laughs> God, that really puts the scene where the guy is carrying the bomb into Helm's Deep in a whole new light. <laughs> Yikes. Christ. Yeah, it, it just had to be said. I'm sorry. It, it had to legally, my contract is fulfilled now. Uh, I feel good about what I'm doing going forward. No, this movie is um actually uh, my least memorable of the trilogy. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. When I rewatched it, I'm like, oh my God, this might be like one of, one of my faves. 
you don't constantly think about Legolas sliding down the stairs on that shield. Or the way that Legolas sli- uh, jumps his way onto the horse, but he does it the backwards way in yeah, that animated shot. To be, totally to be not very fair, to be very, very fair, for a long time, I would confuse all three of these movies together because I don't view them as set. Like, it's hard. Like, all set three of the they movies feel like one movie to me. A single book. Yeah, I yeah. mean, no, again, this isn't a bad, this isn't a slide on two towers, like, at all. I just, like, it, it, this one, the details get lost to me. And it's because the first one sets everything up, and so it's like, oh, I remember that one a lot. And the third one has, um, spoilers, I guess, for me, one of my least favorite things in the world in it. Uh, oh, yeah, that's fair. So, dreading that, uh, <laughs> a lot, sorry, actually, sorry, so I'm never sorry, gonna forget yeah. that one. No, Very it's fine. Very sorry, friend. It's it's okay. I love y'all, but just keep in mind when we argue for that movie, uh, where I may stand already. Um, but yeah, this one just gets like kind of lost. But then rewatching it, I'm like, oh man. I mean, it, it is good, and the extended version gives a lot. Like this one's again, sequels are hard. Uh, but this is, I think, a necessary sequel, and the extended version for what it is is a very like. If you're into this kind of thing, then it's a great thing. If you're not, I could see people being like, I don't want four hours of this. Mm. And yeah, that's that's just where I'm at with it. Nice. Well, then. Oh, it's me. I kind of went off me uh, fucking rocker on the long picks uh, because I picked two movies that came out this year. That's that's just that's, you know, this and RRR both came out 2022. And I just felt like, you know, Hollywood goes through these ups and downs of like, oh, I want longer movies like, oh, I want like the tight 90 movies like I want shorter. Like, why is everything so long? And like, I love it when there's a good example of like, you know, both can be like good movies. It's just like make a good movie. Don't care about the length. Like it could be short. It could be long, but just make a good movie. And so uh, The Batman 2022 directed by Matt Reeves. I felt was a really good movie. Um, This one is, you know, Matt Reeves, Batman, uh, Robert Pattinson uh, plays the titular character. He uh, ventures into Gotham City's City's underworld uh, with a killer leaving cryptic clues as the Riddler and the evidence begins to lead closer and closer to like the scale of Gotham's, you know, underbelly and like, oh, the soul of the city kind of things that Batman grasps with. And yeah, it's about abuse of power and corruption. You know, this was a long anticipated film. It's very daunting to do a new Batman movie always um, because of just what that entails in, in our media. But I genuinely think they hit it out of the park, and I just have to give them credit for it. A lot of people were, like, scared of the runtime, a lot of people, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I I just think it uses it really well. There are problems with the movie that I can have, but I I was just so surprised at how much better it was than I thought it would be. So I'm giving it, like, its credit, and it's it's time under the sun, because I I, I just really enjoyed it. And, you know, it's a longer movie that... I, I just wanted a Batman detective movie, man. But yeah, Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I really liked the Batman. I had seen it before. I saw it when it first came out. Totally agree with you about like getting a true detective story with a Batman movie. I have always loved the like Batman detective comics and the storylines that are much more about like clues and riddles and like actually solving crime and not just like being a uh, crime fighter kind of thing. Yeah, I think it it had a lot of really strong connections to like classic Batman stories. Absolutely. There are some things that I like have issues with, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into them later, but for the most part, I really like this movie and I really like how it handles Batman as character. Uh, Matt, what about you? So this was actually my first time seeing this movie. Oh Um, shit. Yeah. I'm glad I can bully you. Like this, (laughs) my favorite part of the podcast is bullying 
these guys into watching movies they probably should have seen. <laughs> like that's that's, yeah, that's fair. Why I do it. Yeah, I at this point I'm just waiting for you to do. Uh, uh, I can't remember what the movie's called. Never mind. <laughs> Um, and as far as what I think of this movie, I feel like I am kind of of two worlds on it. I think <gasps> okay, it is a fantastic film for the most part. I don't know if it deserves its length. I think it probably hmm. could have been cut down by like a half an hour and been a better movie for it. And I normally love like slow burning films. It's just the initial hour of this movie there are points where it just is crawling in terms of its pace for me. Interesting. Yeah. Like particularly it's like, there's like a 15 minute long opening narration basically of like emo <laughs> Batman, basically journaling. And I just think it, 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 I get, it's about setting mood and tone. It's just like, I get what the Batman is, you know, I get the tone of what you're going for. Mm. Um, and oh, I just man. think, I think it's my favorite Batman for that character opening, I, I think it like perfectly encapsulates like this Batman and like a really, really fun way in a year kind of like two, three Batman, the shadow stuff. Mm. Like I, I kind of loved knowing the runtime ahead of time. And like that was a big talking point going into this movie, like knowing that this is like some of the things they took their time with. It just felt to me like they did their research and they wanted to take time with the character that the previous iteration rushed. I think like they made it a purposeful to make this movie longer to show you that they want to take care and time with this character rather than have Ben Affleck shout Martha. Uh, but I, I still know. think my thing is that we could I think we could have accomplished the same thing just in a little bit less time. Interesting. Yeah, it is is kind of my piece on it, because I love the detective mm -hmm. stuff. I generally love Robert Pattinson's performance yeah. and characterization. I love the emo Batman. I love the so, saw traps. Um, <laughs> you love saw traps. Well, basically, <laughs> how I how what the main question I want to ask you guys because I know you know we got the extended editions in here, and that's kind of a thing where it's like they had a run of this movie that was shorter, and then they did an extended version. Like, right. That's going to be like a huge talking point for me to be like, okay, this is the extended edition. Wasn't. I mean, did they have a theatrical eventually? Probably some special. I'm sure they did. You know what I mean? I totally understand that criticism, Jake. But here is what I want to hone in on what Matt said and why I think that it is different from the Batman. Mm -hmm. Matt thinks that the Batman being 20, 30 minutes shorter could have made it a better movie. I think the extended editions are undoubtedly better movies than the original theatrical releases. Mm -hmm. The stories mm -hmm. in them are undoubtedly better the character development is undoubtedly better. Like, yeah, they're longer. Yeah, there's a lot of establishing shots of mountains. Sure, maybe those could have been cut and it would have been like a more... Uh, but doesn't that like get down to like 20, 30-ish minutes if like you cut all that stuff out? I mean, it's I don't, because I don't Lord of the Rings think... is so exponentially long. Like, it's longer. Right, like, yeah, it's exponentially longer. But I also think they are undoubtedly better. Right. You, you can't just say like, oh, they have a shorter version, like they would have worked as shorter movies because the longer versions are entirely better, yeah. you know? It's just an interesting like kind of conversation with it because like if you make an exponentially longer movie, then of course you're going to have some good stuff like in that and then you can like rationalize it because it is good. Like I, I'm not hating on the extended version of Two Towers, but if, if you would have gotten that, 
out like if if you would have taken out 30 minutes and still made it extended then it's still extended you know what i mean and so it's but like- i think like there's also something to it where like they wanted to give fans of the movies the extended editions are not made to be like oh this is the actual version of the movie the way the mm-hmm. snyder cut is you know like <laughs> they are made to be like okay you love this movie we're gonna give you everything you want from it and mm-hmm. so they made it into more of a world more of a bigger thing Uh, And so like, yeah, I get that like for casual viewers, they probably could have cut out all those walking scenes and the like shots of people running and stuff. But that's the kind of stuff that is missing from big action movies of like, oh, well, how'd they get from there to suddenly be in this other room fighting? Demonstrates the scale of both the world, demonstrates the like time, a passage of time, things like that. Mm -hmm. I think I think it's a valid criticism. But mm-hmm. I also think at the end of the day, for the people that these were made for, it knocks it out of the park. Real quick um, before Matthew, because I do want to hear what you have to say. Um, but I think uh, a big thing and, and I want to have this conversation up front because I know for a fact I love Lord of the Rings, but not as much as you guys do. And I know that the extended version is something that I want to talk about as like a theme going into these long movies because I don't just want because I I have a feeling and I don't want it to be the case that it's just like, oh, these are the extended versions. These are like heralded and like whatever for their length. And it's like, yeah, I get it. Like they're good. But you made a point, Alex, where you're just saying like, oh, because this movie was made for those people, it's really good. I argue like I'm probably a bigger Batman fan. And like, I, I love the length and I love what they did with the extra length of those like 20, 30 minutes that maybe could have been taken away, even in my opinion. And I'm like, oh, they made that for us, for the fans. So it's like, we're both on the same wavelength with it, but it's just different. Like, does that make Who sense? Who it's made for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I guess I will give you that piece. And one of the big points I was going to call out is when it comes to the specific conversations surrounding the extended editions. I wager, Alex, you've probably read the Lord of the Rings novels. I have. Nerd! I I have read them as well. (laughs) And that is one of the things that I like so much about the extended editions is they are trying to more accurately capture the feelings that the books convey. Whereas the theatrical versions of the Lord of the Rings movies, they are a more condensed version of that story. You can't cover everything. It's nearly impossible Mm -hmm. to. Of course, there are still things that end up getting cut. There are still decision decision making. Yeah, I mean, even the theatricals condensed, but it's they're still long. Yeah, exactly. Even this even this four hour movie has stuff cut that that exists in the novels. And I think it's a very very point, very fair point when it comes to the Batman. Mm -hmm. I just think for me personally, I loved basically from like the last two hours. I think are fantastic once we really get in the thick of like the detective stuff the like thriller angle delving into the underbelly of Gotham I am absolutely here for it I think they they spend so much of that first hour on like tone setting character establishment and I almost think it's because I have some familiarity with the character of Batman that I like that stuff less because I'm like Mm. I feel like I've seen so much of that before or things adjacent to it before but I totally get sure there's a lot of Batman media out there that's i I totally get though you feeling like that's really important and captures the character better because you can probably parse what is it's hard different about this portrayal more so than other ones for example well and i think that so i i do agree with you in a sense like um what you're saying about the lord of the rings like the extended editions are trying to get more accurate to the books but i think that's also what the first hour of the batman is doing 
it is trying to give you Batman as character as this detective, but it is also it's doing so super comics accurate. Super comics accurate, doing so much work to make Gotham, the city itself, a character, which I think maybe other Batman movies have tried to do, but I don't think they've succeeded the same way that this I mean, movie does. Yeah, the Dark Knight trilogy was Chicago. Yeah, like, like you just <laughs> that, that's that's what they. I gave think you. <laughs> like this movie gives you so much character setting to give you the Gotham from the comics. And I think that is super impressive. I totally agree with you, though, that I think they're the second and third hour of this movie are fantastic. Um, I think one of the reasons that that first hour has so much mood setting and tone is because this is the first movie in this new Batman series yeah. where, you they know, have to Lord of the Rings, yeah. the two towers doesn't have to do that. The fellowship does a ton of that mood setting and stuff in that mm-hmm. beginning. Mm-hmm. Two towers doesn't have to do that. And so I totally get what you're, get where you're coming from with that. And I don't know if I think that it's a negative or not. I'm pretty torn about it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's where my like comparing these like gets gets me because I I know that objectively you probably you like Lord of the Rings content more I like like Batman stuff more and so it's like it's not a slight on these two movies I don't think the length is their slight I think it's the preference uh, which you know for some movies that are long we could hate that they're that long like and hate it like <laughs> but you know cough Avatar I hate you cough cough but you know I it's just for me it really feels like. You know, everyone I talk to, granted in my circles, obviously, whatever, uh, there could be bias there. But like they like Batman, like if they really like Batman, they love the length of the movie. And in the inverse, if they really like Lord of the Rings, like you're gonna love the extended versions. Mm. So I guess my specific question, because we have all three of them in our bracket, the extended (laughs) versions, what about Two Towers specifically makes its long version like really really up there for y'all like what what brings it over the top that that's like what's gonna really uh, i'm gonna ask that for each of them uh minus the one that i objectively will hate no matter what (laughs) um (laughs) i literally said at the top of this like it's hard for me to separate all three of them because i think it's one awesome cohesive story yeah Um, i can get i can directly answer you jake for me it's the characters I think specifically Faramir is so much better in this Mm -hmm. movie. You understand why he is so desperate to get the ring for Rohan or for Gondor. I apologize. Um, Like it explains so much about his character, about his distrust, about like what he's trying to do comparatively to the regular version. And then that also bleeds into how he treats uh, Smeagol. Mm. This movie, the extended edition, makes Smeagol a tragic character. You don't get that in the other version of this movie because, like, you see Smeagol and Frodo like having an actual relationship. Like, he actually trusts him in this like really interesting way. You don't get that nearly as much in the other version of this movie. And then you see all of that break when. Faramir and his men like mm-hmm. takes Meagle. There's that plot. That's like the specific one that's in my head right now. But that those stories can be told about every single arc in this movie. I think specifically characters are infinitely better in this movie compared to the other one. Yeah, I think it's very much the the same kind of idea. If you're talking specifically extended edition to the regular version, if you're just generally talking the two towers, I think that the Lord of the Rings manages something that's really, really hard to do with the second in a trilogy is having what is like a thoroughly compelling 
transitory arc. We know this story is going to have a third part, that there is still a grander evil that we must vanquish. But you can look at the two towers as having like its own independent story arc. And it has like its own beginning, middle, end, its own sets of rising actions and falling actions that can be removed from and are independent of but still build on what's been established in Fellowship of the Ring and lead into the Return of the King really, really nicely. Yeah. No, I, and, and that makes complete sense, but that also is, it's so tough because we don't have an ex- extended version of the Batman. Sure. So we don't know if all of a sudden, if we added an hour to the Batman, if we're going to be like, oh my God, the characters would have been so much better or whatever. Like we have the benefit of all these extended Lord of the Rings where retroactively we can know and pinpoint the fact that it is long makes it better. Um, and it's easier to pinpoint that because you have a shorter version yeah. where in, in the Batman, it's a long movie and that, that's all we have. And that's why like I'm, I'm giving as much credit as I am not to discredit. They're both hard things to do. It's one hard to make a long movie that's good and just as a long movie it's another thing to add hours like or uh, you know a long time to a movie and it be even better yeah so i want to get into what my main criticism of the batman is because Mm -hmm. i don't know it's something that it could be fixed by being Mm -hmm. longer Um, i don't necessarily think more narrative could fix the way that they did this my biggest criticism is that the movie makes the Riddler have mental illness uh, and the Mm. way that it handles it. Because there's got to be a way to do it where, like, historically, Batman characters have mental illness. Like, that is why the villains go to Arkham Asylum and not Arkham Asylum. Like, totally for that. That's super cool. To make the villain a white guy instilling violence with mental illness in today's political climate is, like, very charged, right? I think some of that's definitely intentional yeah to- like, i think it's, it's totally intentional yeah. right and it, that is a very delicate thing to do because sure. you, I, you can't just be like yeah this guy has mental illness and was involved in these like far-right activist like pro-fascist uh stuff sure. you know like, like pro-fascist it's like pro-demolition of the state yeah whatever anarchist like, yeah sure Sorry, not to split hairs. I love having <laughs> I love having Matthew as our resident. Like, if you get one of those like sorry, a, a sorry. tiny <laughs> definition wrong, he will cur I know I love it. I love it. I learn every day. I just think every day of my life. It's like it's really hard to handle far right like message boards and things, but then like sure. not the QAnon stuff is yeah. They didn't talk about how those like far right communities prey on people with mental illness like that was not so something that here's, they did. and i think that is like a huge yeah. missed opportunity and i don't know that sure. increased runtime would have added to that here's my argument with that because that's that's totally fair and the mental illness like aspect especially like the white violence like totally get it i think you have to also like see the parallel that they're trying to give especially in this movie to to bruce wayne to batman he's a white rich dude who is also kind of like they're trying to say has also mental illness. They're like, oh, your mother had all these like mental illness stuff. Like they give it like it's historically in the comics. Like you dress up as a bat, <laughs> you beat all the no, it's yeah. and it's real. Like you do all this stuff. A really amazing scene to me is when he confronts him at Arkham Asylum and like Batman's like one stunted by him, be like, oh shit, he find me out. But really like they th- he throws like a temper tantrum like to him, like being like, what have you like just like punching glass? Like you're not gonna be able to do shit. Like it's it's I don't know. I feel like they're also trying to say that. 
and especially the Riddler was trying to say that like you're part of this too. I thought you were on my team. Like I thought it we seems were like in you're this together. <laughs> no, literally, like you, you dress up as a bat, you beat the fuck out of people, and like think you have all this like clout and like privilege. Yeah, you're you're basically me, right? And I think that's what makes it so good. So I I kind of like that the Riddler is kind of shown as that, and I don't think they make him a victim, like like you said. Like, no, like it's not- I think. I think they should have made some sort of commentary on how those communities prey on people with mental illness. And I feel like they didn't do that because he was an I think they said it takes advantage. They did because like of Bruce, like they're saying like the rich were taking advantage of these people who weren't like Bruce Wayne was called an orphan. And then Riddler was like, you weren't an orphan, dude. You had a mansion. And also like they're trying to like say, I don't know, like this. So I think the causal link is running in the other direction in theory it could have been more valuable to have the riddler fall into that path however i think he becomes a perpetrator of that path it becomes pretty clear to me that in the climactic action where you've got all these other dudes dressed up as the riddler going to shoot up a public event Mm -hmm. they have been indoctrinated by his theory and internet postings etc and then, like, when they unmask the one guy, they're like, who the fuck are you? Because he's just some guy. Like, to me, that yeah. is the the causal chain is running in the other direction, that these are just, like, these are just people, you know? That have- but even going, like, just literally a little bit further, his answer is, I'm vengeance. Yeah. Echoing, he thought he was, like, Batman. Like, they think they're, like, the, that's the people. Like, they're trying to say that, like, Batman is easily a part of this, too. Easily can be, like far-right people, all the stuff could, like, easily just be like, oh, that's my role model. He's beating the people that he views are bad. Sure, I mean, it's like... so they view the people are bad. The right wing has co-opted the Punisher, who is, like, in the comics, thoroughly fucking (laughs) anti-cop, but they're like, no, the cops should be like the Punisher and just shoot people dead. Either way, yeah. The the no, but th- that's like what the, I think. Like I don't, I don't see it as a fault. I think they actually do it really well and really like both subtly and not subtly, like with the Batman and Riddler parallel. And that's why I think he's such a great first villain for this Matt Reeves Batman and that they're establishing. It, not to not to cut in because I'm sure there's more thoughts here, but no, go for it. A potentially even bigger concern that that Alex, I, I thought this is what you were going to address, but the fact that the Riddler has 500 followers and um, the Tough Cut account <laughs> does not yet have 500 <laughs> followers uh, across all forms we of social media. We have not reached yeah, we need to appeal to more incels. Is what we need to do. <laughs> uh, we're um, not incel with enough. With that, unfortunately, we're a little over time on this conversation because we got a whole nother oh, match I to know. get to. There's so much. Yeah, it's going to be really tough. There's so much in this movie that we haven't touched on. Uh, Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Oh. I also feel yeah, there's, good. there's it's really good. That's it's a tough thing with watching movies, watching a cumulative seven hours of movies for this matchup, and only having <laughs> thirty minutes to to talk about yeah. them. I mean, look, it's sounding like I don't know. Maybe the format for these long movies should, uh, could have been we talk about one one of these matchups for, for longer. Because I feel like super bracket, we kind of know <laughs> where we're at. Yeah, super bracket. We kind of know like where we're going, and we think it's like, oh, maybe we're at the point where it's like a personal taste thing. But I feel like if we break it down even more, like I definitely think we're open to that conversation. It's just really, really tough. But hey, they call it the tough cut for a reason. So if we got to vote, yeah, I mean, gotta vote. I think I'm ready to vote. Yeah, and you know. Hey, audience, if you get us to 500 followers at Tough Cut Pod, maybe we'll do a redux. Uh, 
Yeah, they sell the ski masks of the tough cut. No, no, God, no, 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 <laughs> not what I meant. Not what I meant. Uh, I I can start us off voting. I mm-hmm. think the Batman's a great movie. Um, I do have that one issue with it, but I think like that's also a very tough issue to deal with, and I don't know how they really could have done it better. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I still think Two Towers Extended Edition is just my kind of ultimate mm-hmm. extended edition long movie. Um, it does everything I want it to do. Uh, so my vote is going yeah. to Lord of the Rings in this matchup. Yeah, and I can go next. I respect a lot of what the extended editions you know, of the Two Towers especially are doing. I just think at the end of the day, I'm more impressed by what the Batman did because it's such a taller tale. And I feel like it has more media scrutiny to get it like perfect because it's Batman and people already kind of love Lord of the Rings. And then they just gave him more of what they love. Um, so at the end of the day, I, I'm, I'm voting Batman here. I can I can finish this off. That's a, that's a very compelling reasoning. Um, Thank you, Jake. <laughs> Um, however, I just had that one problem with (laughs) (laughs) you fucking bastard. I'm buying followers. No, I'm buying followers right now. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) But yeah, I, I, I love the Lord of the Rings, the two towers so much. And I wish we could have really dug into these a little bit more, particularly. I, I think this conversation may have sold short how I feel about the Batman. I still think it's a fantastic movie. Mm -hmm. I think just like maybe on my personal tastes, as far as how it approaches its own length, um, I'm not sure it uses it as effectively. Sure. With that said, Lord of the Rings Two Towers Extended Edition advances. So let's give a Ave Maria to the Batman. Ave <laughs> no, no, no. This is not how it was supposed to go. No. Uh, with that. Um, I had it all planned out! Sending Jake to Arkham Asylum, and I will introduce the Wailing. Dude, that's literally what I just did. Whoa! (laughs) Uh, Directed by Na Hong Jin, released in 2016. The movie follows a bumbling policeman in a small Korean town who investigates a, a series of mysterious killings and sickness in order to save his daughter. All the while, the film straddles the line on who the true villain is, whether that be a ritualistic shaman, a strange outsider and Japanese recluse, or a ghastly woman in white. So The Wailing is a strange little film. Um, (laughs) It is one of my favorite modern horror slash thriller movies. Um, I think it is fantastically effective at making you think about it. Watching this movie for the first time, I like immediately afterward launched into a very, very lengthy discussion, um, as I'm sure Jake can recall. Oh, yeah. um, About this film, its themes, what even happens in the plot to some extent. I just really, I really love it. And it's pretty long. So here we are. (laughs) Uh, with that said, uh, Jake, what did you think of this one? Oh, I mean, look, you know, a little bit of lore for for you tough cuties out there. You know, Matthew and I watched this together a couple years back, and this is a true Matthew pick just through and through, uh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, and fair. here's the thing. Matthew and I usually agree, especially on horror. So I also, I, I, I think this is a really fun movie. This is a movie where, like, I think it enhanced it that Matthew and I watched it together and the people we watched it with talked about it as much as we did afterwards and that we were all game for it. I feel like if you watch this movie alone or watch it with people (laughs) who don't like aren't game for it. And, you know, I I have a feeling Alex is going to have whatever. uh, I have a feeling one, you get confused 
like a, a really, really confused mm. and you're just not going to enjoy it as much. I feel like this is a social movie or just a movie for a very like specific kind of watcher. It just so happens that I think Matthew and I are that specific type of, you know, viewer. So like, mm-hmm. I, I really like it. Like I would, I would recommend this movie, but I would only recommend it to certain people. But I still think it's a phenomenal movie, if that makes sense. Yes, yeah, fair. Hey, hey yeah, Jake, fair. I one, I mean, <laughs> hey, Jake, am I one of those people? Uh, you had to watch this movie. And what I do did. you think? <laughs> um, I watched this movie alone on my couch at 9 a.m. on a Thursday. <laughs> what better Perfect time, Perfect conditions, <laughs> as the filmmaker intended. Um, <laughs> uh, I thought it was yeah, I had a good time with it until the end, actually. Like, I thought that there were some pretty funny good moments. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm here for it. I get what this movie's doing. And then the end was, like, just super dissatisfying to me. And maybe, like, I'm sure I watched this movie alone. I didn't talk to anyone about it. I'm sure there are things that went over my head and I didn't understand. But, like... There's a lot of layers. There's The, a lot of, like, yeah. whole stuff about, like, oh, they're being racist against the Japanese man. Yeah, cool. Sick. I'm there for it. Then the Japanese man isn't really the demon. And it's this lady in white. I'm like, yeah, cool. Sick. I'm there for it. That's the twist. And then it, like, twists back and the Japanese man is actually a demon devil. And it's like, okay, cool. I don't know. I felt like I was super well, betrayed by, like, this theming of, like, the racism and, like... That's the point. Yeah, I'm so excited for Matthew they, to pop off. Oh here. my gosh! I, don't know, I, I so just like I to say. me that was super disappointing. And even if like the point was that either you're that's also a twist or something like that, I don't know. They spend some time talking about that demons can inhabit your body after you die, yeah. and then they push the Japanese man to his death, and thus a benevolent spirit comes into his body. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. a potential reading of this film? Is that the correct reading? I don't know. Maybe he was, as Alex is positing, a demon the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's kind of where I was at. Because if you take my reading, it's super disappointing. (laughs) And I and and Alex just said that so matter of factly, and Matthew just looks so dejected. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, the the matter of like that just is what it is, right? Like, if you read the movie the way I read it, where like the guy was the demon the whole time, and uh, you watched alone, it didn't talk to anyone about the alternatives of what was up with the movie when you watched it. Pretty disappointing. (laughs) there are certain movie i mean i need to introduce my movie but i'll just say this one thing there are certain movies that the filmmakers clearly want to trust their audience a little bit to have multiple readings obviously but if they trust (laughs) them a little too much which i feel like this film definitely allows you to uh you can end up on a path similar to Alex's, where you don't like the movie because you're like, why the fuck would they do that? Um, mm-hmm. I just but, feel like you yeah. maybe you need a little context going into this movie that I just didn't have, right? The extent of my knowledge about this movie was it's called The Wailing. Hey, same baby. <laughs> a, friend of my, a friend of ours had seen it in South Korea, mm-hmm. doesn't speak Korean, and said, it seemed cool, and yeah. then we watched it. And I thank her every single day for it. <laughs> so shout out if you're listening. Uh, shout you out absolutely 100% yeah go ahead and introduce RRR and then we'll yeah. we'll, we'll dive into uh, this my one. second 2022 movie this is RRR directed by SS uh, Rajamuli I'm doing this as its synopsis because uh, clearly it could be <laughs> you could say a lot about this movie <laughs> this is what Google this is what they say a tale of two legendary revolutionaries and their journey far away from home 
Fuck yeah. Sick. That is not a that good, is <laughs> that is absolutely wild that that is how Google And uh, like look, it is technically movie. like they go on a little bit more. They're like after their journey they return home to start fighting back against British colonialists in the 1920s. That still doesn't give you everything this movie gives you. This movie blew me away this year with the exception of everything everywhere all at once. Like this is like one That of the was top. the movie. That's oh, the movie nice. Jake's going to make me watch at some point. I will. I, I will. It will be in the Oscars bracket <laughs> next year. Um, probably maybe along with this movie, depending. Uh, again. Well, um, wait till I say my feelings on it, Jane. Yeah. Matthew <laughs> fucking hates it. Um, look, this movie, I feel like genuinely has everything for me. It was so exciting. Uh, you know, getting away from like Western cinema, uh, it just like full of breath and creativity. It felt like to have an action movie be this way. The fight choreography was insane. The dance choreography was insane. This has one of the best bromances I've ever fucking seen on film. I swear to God. Oh my God. Like, it's just like, I, I, and every time to give credit specifically why I chose it for long movies is every time I thought the movie was going to end and it didn't, it just I was keeps so going. happy with what they added afterwards. I was like, how is this getting better? How is it already? It, it just, I'm blown away by this film so much. I need to know your thoughts. I needed to, I couldn't wait a year to pitch this for Oscars. I needed to have you guys watch it now and it just fit this bracket immediately. (laughs) So uh, Matthew, let's hear what you got to say. Yeah. So I am fucking furious with you, Jake, (laughs) because I'm pretty sure I said to you, I was going to pick this movie for our Oscars bracket next year. (laughs) You sure did. Um, uh, Yeah. And then he put it in long movies. I, I think this is a fantastic fucking movie. Yeah. It does so much right. The thing I want to key into that Jake called out is leaving Western cinema behind to jump into Bollywood with this one and finding that heart for a like spectacle action yeah. comedy like Romance, nationalism movie. So there's so much going on in this film and it's so much fun. It, it is just a, a wild ride from start to finish. Dude. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a great movie. Some of the best character intros ever. It, oh, <laughs> my God. Uh, is there extraordinarily heavy-handed symbolism tied to each character? Symbolism in general? Get out of here. With fire and water. I love every second the, like, of it. All that. Absolutely. <laughs> the, is it so much fun every time it comes up with a motif? And you're like, there's the fire. The dude reached into a bucket. <laughs> For water, and the bucket said fire in it. That's how on the nose they were. And I loved every awesome. second of it. Um, at, uh, Alex, what, what about you? Guys, you've said it all. This movie slaps. <laughs> this movie's so good. Um, like, the it, it is the best version of the unstoppable force meets the immovable object. Oh, uh, my God. It, it's, like, just the best dynamic. Them, like, oh, them becoming friends immediately... It blew I'm a my mind torn. because, like, oh, I'm a little torn. They honestly, become friends. Honestly, that is the one thing that I'm a little torn about because their friendship happens so quickly that, like, we don't get the like burgeoning friendship. But, like, I don't know. Could this movie be longer? Yeah, probably. And I'd still I love would, all of it. I, but, like, it's so good. This movie is so well, so. Good. Immediately, I I saw the movie and I saw the character interest. And I'm like, those two are gonna fight. They're queuing them up to fight. They're gonna fucking brawl. And then all of a sudden, they make them be besties immediately. And I'm like, <laughs> no, please. You no. know where this is going. No, and then yeah, they do exactly. it so well. They're skipping next to train tracks, like galloping yeah. together. 
it, it is also yeah. just in line with all of that incredibly heavy-handed symbolism. They jump over the need for a burgeoning friendship because their friendship is formed over the fire and water, <laughs> and they are fire and water. <laughs> um, it's all so while you've good. got just to speak to it a little bit, Jake is Jake's synopsis. <laughs> I get why he's doing it that way. Very frustrating because there's like so many elements going on where you've got like one guy who is <laughs> fire and water. Exactly. He he is a a Brit employed by the British governor of India to find the other guy who is a, a tribesman who is looking to get back one of the, the young girls from his tribe, but it turns out they're both revolutionaries who are seeking a free and independent India to push back the, <laughs> the, Fuck col- the, uh, the British colonizing oppressors. Should I say that? And about? It, ah, they whatever. think they're going <laughs> to betray each other and they fight each other, but then they work together and it, it's just all so good. I have a question, guys. Um, yeah. Um, because this immediately struck me when I first saw it in their friendship first formed. Is their friendship like your friendship and Matt is Raja and Jake is Beam? Well, I mean, that's that's the the right like, casting for sure. Like, <laughs> am I wrong? Like, they're just like true friendship, skipping on the train tracks, like saving young kids in the water, like... Beating the fuck out of anyone. Beating the... Fu- <laughs> yeah, like, I was just like, watching this movie, I was just like, oh, that's Matt and Jake. The entire Aww, time. Aww, that's cute as hell. It was really great. Are you the tiger so, then? Oh, hell yeah. To, to die. No, I'm Raj's, uh, I'm Raj's fiance. Okay, here's right? the thing So I'm dancing though. with you guys at the end. Uh, I, I watched <laughs> this, I watched this, uh, <laughs> with Tori, and she literally was like, oh, oh, that's, that's your man, but without the why. Um, <laughs> with their like whole throuple thing, they're like, no, that's our man. That's literally, <laughs> we are all together. We all, this is the best throuple. You cannot like the romantic, but also platonic chemistry between these two male leads. Yeah. Is so insane. Oh, the wedding dance number just makes me so happy. The suspense, like suspense, not wedding, the, the, the party. With the suspenders, yeah, the and it's some kind of annual celebration. Whatever, dude, insane. <laughs> and the sense. fact that he like so stops good. it be- so he can impress the girl. It's <laughs> so good. He takes the fall for his <laughs> boy. Um, it's also worth mentioning they're both extraordinarily buff. Oh my god, they're um, really guys, they're meaty. so hot. Yeah, they're, they're so it, hot. It, it, it definitely and they do amps makeovers. Okay, <laughs> audience, that's true. This is the first time in this bracket that I'm gonna say. And I'll probably say this a couple times. You should watch this movie. It's on Netflix. It is easily accessible. It is called RRR, three letter R's. Watch it with uh, the Hindi and the English subtitles. It slaps. It's actually so good. Uh, if you're not familiar with Bollywood movies like I am, this movie will rock your socks off. Yeah, it's it's awesome. With that said, jumping into... Yeah, we got to compare. Comparing these, I feel like you would be... Other than the fact that these movies are both long, you'd be pretty hard pressed to find more different films. Yeah. I suppose they both have a police officer in them. Mm-hmm. They both they both tackle the racial, like the very racial, uh, and not not like Western racism. Uh, well, no, you have the British like being well, awful. No, RRR is definitely and, the yeah, the British the being British racist. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they but they both have like the racist allegories uh, like set in stone there, which I think is is palpable how they approached each of those like as is like yeah, action war route or like the whole like i don't know doing like well, a horror film 
uh, like a fantastical kind of horror film. Well, fantastical. And also does date back to not explicitly, I guess, yeah, colonial Colonial history of the Japanese empire Mm -hmm. in Korea and a lot of horrible shit that they did. What's the timeline for the whaling? Like what time period does it take place in? I think it's approximately present day. Present day. Okay. Not like literally, but yeah, they've got cell phones. They're driving modern cars. So where on one side you've got like the extraordinarily heavy handed symbolism going on in RRR. That's wonderful. Like sometimes when symbolism is so overt, it's like, okay, it's tasteless. I think it manages to be like, they own it in like such the perfect way. And in a creative way, even if it is like on the fence, like, their over-the-top creativity in their sequences, like set pieces, is just like, I don't give a fuck that they're literally spelling this out for me. Um, yeah, but, I enjoy yeah, it still. Um, and then on the other hand, I think the whaling is much more guarded about what its symbols actually mean. Even for the ones that are like the most present or consistent through the film, for example, the, the baiting of a fish um, comes up a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I don't know which translation you guys watched but there's the line from the shaman where he says the rat has fallen into the trap and i have heard oh. that, that line is more accurately translated as something has taken the bait yeah that the, i remember us talking about baited. that after after the movie yeah there's a bunch of translations it's, it's meant to be part of that through line mm-hmm. um yeah. the whaling is much less open with like what specifically that symbol means mm-hmm. and why it's included and i think that that is par for the course with the film I think it's something I still manage to appreciate, especially from that kind of conversational aspect of like who was the actual villain, who was actually possessing the people in this village, forcing them to commit these atrocities. And I part of that is because ambiguity plays such a huge role, even like what is a dream? So what, interesting. The, the, to, the, the jumps in time that the film takes. There's so many kind of everything going on to yeah. discombobulate the, the viewer it's um, it's so hard because matthew I, I don't know if you're like struggling with this as much as i am we're like i love the ambiguity of the whaling and how like it plays out and on stuff but it's a different type of movie where like rr's in your face there's nothing ambiguous about what's going on like you're saying <laughs> <laughs> but i think both are done what they're trying to do both do really well in my opinion. i think yeah they both succeed at what they're they're trying to do yeah um it's tough it's just they're going for very very different different things things. but so alex then how do you do you think the whaling succeeds no and like so (laughs) so here's my here's my big problem with like the idea that there are like all these many interpretations and like there's all this stuff they go to the japanese man's house and he has a bunch of demon stuff in it already and they hadn't killed him yet I don't know. I just like don't really buy that interpretation. So here's the then at the end, you have the shaman take the photo of the family. Mm -hmm. There's again this through line where they talk about that the um, people can be possessed post death and they can be sort of controlled as a ghastly figure, you know, a a zombie, a marionette of it. Mm -hmm. Presumably the the other side's argumentation would be he has all of these things because he is a spiritual protector, as the shaman points out that he is taking photos of the dead and the people that become ill in order to protect them from further possession. We see when he's doing the ritual with the the chickens, he goes back and checks the truck for, uh, I can't remember the, the fellow's name, park something or something. Yeah. And sees that he's gone and is clearly distraught about it. And then he shows up as a zombie later, presumably because his um, ritual is interrupted. To, yeah. 
I yeah. I, I think, I think it, the, like, the it worked as, like, a there. classic, like, kind of red herring, like, almost double red herring sort of a deal where, like, yeah, you see the demon stuff, but, like, it's because they're trying to study it further, like, protect, like, I, I, I do think yeah, you can read I, that in this film. I, I also am not claiming my interpretation is 100% correct either. Yeah, yeah. I think you can go either way. I think either the woman in white, the shaman, the Japanese man, or any combination of the three can all be good or evil. Um, mm-hmm. And that, I think, is what the film is kind of going. But I think that's what so makes your it interpretation super interesting. Is valid. And I think the the length of the movie helps cater to that all three of those have valid reason, like uh, readings. Uh, I think if you had less time with any of them, like it would kind of be more cut and dry. Be like, okay, like you didn't really give me information about the shaman that I needed, or the or the woman in white that I needed to kind of draw kind of more complex readings. Uh, it's kind of like cut and dry and i don't i don't think this film would have been better off if it was a cut and dry film i i think it still would have been good i mean i I think it's a well-made film but i don't i think it benefits from its length because it gives you more intel to work with to have those conversations you it revels in its ambiguity it gives you more opportunities to parse what is the true story behind all of this yeah i guess i understand that and i don't think that the whaling would be a better movie it was shorter Right. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think that would solve any of the issues that I have with it. I guess my issues come down to I wish it was less ambiguous and came to a more defined answer, which I guess is just a more of a I guess I was never going to like this movie kind of thing. It doesn't have to do with with any of that. Sure. Um, But I think like in getting back into a comparison of like rrr and how i think length affects these movies like yeah i don't think the wailing would be worse if it was shorter but in my reading i also don't think it would be better like i I don't think it would be worse or i don't think it would be better if it was shorter but i also don't necessarily think it would be worse um in for my reading Um, it it, it would come to the your same same right. conclusion essentially. yeah yeah if, if anything making it shorter would cut out some of the ambiguity and just make it cut and dry the <laughs> shitty ending that i i uh initially read i do think rrr would be significantly worse if it was shorter um they already like speed through all of the stories that they tell um at, like at a crazy pace um i so much happens in this movie and i it's a- I, I don't think they could do any of those stories shorter it's very it's a very ambitious film yeah. with the number of, oh of set pieces it's ambitious um, for so many reasons character moments dance numbers all of these things that you want to all cram in yeah there is no mm-hmm. feasible way you could make that movie shorter without yeah. making it much worse. and look i've seen also a handful of bollywood films it's not just that it's it's a bollywood film that they're doing because there's always like kind of dance numbers or whatever and like they're always like typically yeah, longer rr genuinely just does it really well like everything seems like really warranted whenever anything pops up you're so happy that it does like i said whenever i thought the movie was ending and it didn't it made it better like i was like oh my god they're adding so much like i loved it i loved all so i will say i will say a couple of times i thought it was going to end and it didn't and at first i was like oh man this movie's still going and then it like gets into what that next arc is it wins you back hell yeah, yeah i'm here for it it wins you back. Yeah. Something I think is really fascinating. Again, couldn't have two more diametrically opposed films. <laughs> RRR's protagonists are so qualified and almost too capable 
at everything they do. They are like they have, literally superhumanly strong. They survived some wild shit. I for sure thought like, he was going to die when the tree bark went inside him fully. Yeah. And he fought off yeah. all those soldiers. And I was just like, I... and then on the other hand, the wailing has a essentially completely incapable protagonist. Yeah. He is as incapable or as out of his element as he is cruel in some ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is really, really fascinating to kind of look side by side. And also how quickly that ghost problem would have been solved if the boys from RRR just kind of <laughs> took a little trip. <laughs> they would beat the shit out of any demon if, yeah, if they for, through if the powers from RRR. If the boys from RRR were in the whaling, they would it would not be ambiguous. They would know who the real ghost is and it would be solved in a day. But here's the thing, it would, would still it would still be like a four hour movie, but because half of it would be them like frolicking together in the forest, like, you know, having Some a great old time. Half of it would be them realizing there's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that that's just like a such a fun comparison of of the the characters we're dealing with here. Despite the fact that in RR they have incomplete information, they're still like consistently fully capable people Mm -hmm. where the wailing again with that prevailing theme of ambiguity the main character is probably not even qualified to be the like police sergeant that he is i think Mm -hmm. i can't remember he's a sergeant sergeant. or a lieutenant he is constantly tapping other people to do his job for him he is cowardly he is vicious at times he is a complicated character Mm -hmm. and way out of his depth just trying to save his daughter and I guess his family's life because of what the, the implication, what happens in the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just think that that is very, very fascinating to look at that. Even characterization is so deeply affected by what these films are going for. Yeah. In very fun ways. I think it's such a shame because it's such a harder uh, sell to get people to watch the wailing, but I do think it's such a great movie, but I think the sheer like audacity of RRR and how phenomenal it is, is just like, it's a no brainer almost how I like, I want to applaud so many things about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the wailing is I under, like, I want to defend our, if anyone talks shit about it, like I would be like actively angry or if someone talks <laughs> shit about the wailing, I'll debate about it. Like, I'll be like, okay, but here's the thing. But I'll also be like, get it. You know? Yeah. I think it's one of those things where I very much agree with Alex's recommendation that people should watch RRR. I would openly recommend RRR to most folks. I would not necessarily do the same with the wailing. I think it's a pretty particular film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I love very deeply, and I'm glad. I'm I so glad it was in here, guys. Yeah, I'm um, so even glad. if you didn't love it, Alex. You know what? I'm I glad I watched it. I'm expanding my horizon. Expanding your palette. Yeah, exactly. I think think we gotta think think we're gotta gear on here to vote. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll do it right now. I'm voting for RRR. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, my whole thing is there's not enough babies wailing in the wailing, so I'm voting for RRR. Um, yeah, that's my vote. Yeah, that's fair. Um, The Wailing is one of my favorite horror movies of recent memory. Mm-hmm. RRR is one of my favorite movies I've seen this year and maybe the past several. It's it's a there. great film. So I'm I'm going to vote for for RRR. If only to wonder if these two guys have a contract like The Rock and Vin Diesel. <laughs> wow. wow. Do you guys yeah. 
Do you guys want to know the real reason I, I couldn't vote for the whaling? Because hmm. the Japanese man has 500 followers. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's and it. We do not. <laughs> so uh, yeah. go follow us on social media at Tough Cut Pod, where you can catch the announcements for all of our um, upcoming brackets, much like what's going to be in the second half of long movies here. What? Uh, coming at you next episode, we've got Lord of the Rings Return of the King Extended Edition. Uh, versus Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring mm-hmm. Extended Edition. <laughs> Just um, eight hours and then we've of got, movie. Yeah, eight hours. Oh my god. Um, then we've got the Hateful Eight Roadshow Edition versus Barry Lyndon. Yeah, and nice. uh, heads up for the Hateful Eight. Uh, there's some again a lot of lot of violence and a lot of racism. Uh, if you are watching that along with us, uh, pretty graphic stuff on both of those ends. So just keep an eye out if uh, that's something that affects you. Yeah. Also follow us on socials at tough cut pod, you know, Twitter, Instagram, letterboxd. We're going to update our letterbox. I'm going to say it. We're going to do it. Yeah. We're going to do gonna, it. I'm we're just going to say it. it. Hold us all accountable. <laughs> Jake, we've got 20 hours of movie to watch. I don't know that this is the week to say we're going to update our letterbox. <laughs> this, is, this is it. This is it. This is what I'm going to, this is what I'm going to spend my time on all my free time. Just updating letterbox. All his free time. Beyond that, if you enjoyed today's show, um, rate and review it on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. I'm looking to collect your dirty little reviews um, in a big old notebook. He means that. I don't. (laughs) Uh, And did we succeed in this being premium content for these long ass movies? Maybe. Maybe. I hope so. We got that 9-11 joke in there. We collectively. We all of us did that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All made that. All of us did it. All of us did it. Um, cool. Who should they share today's episode with? If they enjoyed it. <laughs> I feel like we were. I feel like we were set up to fail when Jake brought up nine eleven right before you asked. Who yeah, we should it's share fair. With. You know what? Cut, cut, cut me asking that, and we can just end it on Jake talking about nine eleven. <laughs> oh, <no! laughs>